This is Kit Simons and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, well, the curtain has come down on another season for Fulham and what a special season it was. It was full of goals, amazing victories and a trophy at the end too. The season may have ended in defeat, but who really cares? It was still a party for the Fulham fans in Sheffield yesterday. Joining me are Danny and Tristan to briefly talk about the game at Bramall Lane, but also to look back on a historic season for the Whites as we head into the summer before our Premier League return. Season review, gold, silver and cons. My name is Wigo and this is your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Okay, lads, not such a great result yesterday to end the season, but it was a fantastic season anyway. I want to get your reactions to the game yesterday very quickly. Um, Tristan, I'm going to come to you first. How do you feel about the 4-0? Do you really care? Um, no, I, I, it's a bit 50-50 with me because I think I think beforehand, I, I kind of, the only thing I didn't like, the, the, I, I, not from our point of view at all, basically, but I didn't like the idea that it could have had implications on who ended up in the playoffs. Um, and, and actually, luckily, it doesn't matter because, you know, Millwall and Middlesbrough both lost. It, it, it didn't have. And as a result of that, no, don't really care. Was it, you know, not 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 great to have a four nil on our um, our list of results at the end of the season, but in the grand scheme of things, not not really that important. No, absolutely. And Danny, um, are you the same as well? Do you really care at all? Is it, um, you know, is it a demoralising victory for the boys, or do you think they were already on the beach yesterday? Uh, I mean, by the sounds of it, they were still in the pub. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of those weeks just celebrating, and and they deserve it. I, th- I think I'm with Tristan though. I think from a professional point of view, out of respect for the the other clubs in the league, you know, we we are going into next season in a completely different uh, situation where we are going to be fighting for our lives. And let's say, for argument's sake, it goes down to the last game. We're in the bottom three on goal difference, and we're relying on someone else to lose. And Man City have already won the league, and they go there and don't give a shit. And we end up going down as a result of that. You know, it, it, we won't like that, will we? So when the, when the shoe's on the other foot, it's, it's completely different. But in the end, Millwall and Middlesbrough didn't do their part of the bargain. So at the end of the day, no, I, don't, I couldn't care less now. And I, th- I think, you know, it would have been nice to see a couple of the youngsters um, given a go, considering how what a great season they've had. Um, because we gave a couple of players like Gazaniga and Chalabra a start and they seemed to care little about it. And you know, just just like the rest of the players, they was on the beach, which is a little bit disappointing because you think they would have been up for it. But So, yeah, it would have been nice to see a couple of youngsters given a chance. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, we had nothing to play for. Sheffield United had everything to play for. And I think they probably would have won anyway. And that I think you see that happen every single year. It's just, it's just um, natural for that to happen. And you mentioned the likes of Gazaniga and Chalaba there, and I'd say Hector too. Do you think that they're playing for their future at the club? Because that's the way I see it. You know, some of these players that have been on the fringes this year, you know, will they be at the club next year? Would yesterday have been their chance to really show, right, Marco, you should stick with me next year. I can be part of this squad and I can help Fulham in the Premier League. Um, Tristan, what do you think about that? Do you think that there were players playing for their future? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think Silva's the sort of manager that's going to decide whether or not a player's going to be in the squad for next season based on one game where, you know, we had very little. It was effectively, a, a you know, I, I, I use the phrase competitive friendly, <laughs> which is basically what it was. But I, I don't think he'd make the decisions based on that. I, I don't think, you know, any of the players that you've mentioned have, have really done themselves any fun. I mean, you know, what's Gazaniga doing on that first goal, for example? But, you know, I, I, I don't think he would have made the decisions on that. And I think actually with the nine subs next year, I think with FFP, I think with players that are out of contract, to be honest, 
I'd imagine that all three of those would probably be at the club next season. And and, and most of the players that are in the squad that, that, that we know aren't leaving, you know, there's obviously the likes of Carvalho that, that, that will. I think most of them will be at the club next season, whether they're actively playing part in a lot of the match day squads, I'm not sure. But I think they'll be at the club. And I don't think yesterday would have had any any impact on that, really. No, I mean, that's absolutely fair enough. And I mean, as you guys have said, you know, Sheffield United, they were really up for it and they gave, you know, they turned up and it gave us a bit of a shock. Um, but credit to their fans. They were all really nice yesterday, the ones that I spoke to. Um, and there was a really nice feeling around. And uh, I think a few of us stayed behind at the end and gave Ollie Nord a little clap as well. OK, guys. Well, I think we're done talking about Sheffield United. You know, the game itself is one to forget, a quality day out. But um, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about the season itself. Now, it really was a special one. You know, it's ended with a league title, the first one in 21 years. But where does this season rank for you? Obviously, we've had a few amazing seasons. I've only been supporting the club since I was about five or six years old. So that only goes back about 18 years or so. Um, but this is definitely right up the top. I mean, you've got the Tagana season, the Europa League season, and obviously the 23 unbeaten under Slav. Um, Danny, where does this rank for you as a season? Well, it's, it's right up there uh, at the very top. Um, possibly the, my favourite uh, because I've got to share it with my, my kids. And, you know, I, I feel like Fulham are, are the kind of club, especially being in London with so many clubs to compete with for fan base. I feel like these kind of seasons are so important for securing the next generation of fans. And obviously when we was in our, our dark era, um, Tristan will know too well, when I was very young, um, my generation, I think, most went off and supported other clubs because we was going nowhere. We was in the bottom division. Um, so I feel like, you know, I know seeing my kids coming this year, how much they've loved it. That that experience the other day of the Luton game, winning 7-0 and seeing them win a trophy, you know, those kind of memories you cherish forever. And for me, that's probably why this season is, is up there because I've got to share it with them. Um, and... And next year, they can't wait to be playing the likes of Liverpool. And I know that's what it's not all about, the glory. But I just feel like supporting a team to be proud of and a team that entertains you is so special. And we've we've had the best of both this year. Um, and that's why Silva will always be my priority over someone like Scott Parker because the football is mm. so much better to watch. Um, so yeah, right up there with the very top. Obviously, getting to the Europa League final as an achievement will, will probably never be bettered, uh, unless we actually win a major trophy. But I think, in terms of enjoying the football, it's up there with the Tugana team. And and although they finished what 11 points behind them, you can understand why the comparison is made. They're the two champions that took us to the Premier League, and the football was very similar and yeah so probably probably my joint favorite with the Tagana team I'd see <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna go the other way here and be a little bit controversial I I, I it's been a brilliant season and and I, I there, there's just been an element of a slight disappointment from me that we haven't really put our foot on people's necks and 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 pushed on to you know a hundred point plus because I think the team's capable of doing that, um, and 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 I think because of that, I it it's just about getting into my top five. But I'd I'd so, so for me and obviously a little bit older, I'd 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 have the Adam season because I think it had that element of unexpectedness to it um obviously we the, the previous season we'd we'd, we'd finished 17th in the league and we'd, we'd spent a lot of the season in the in the kind of bottom three or four and, and, and could have dropped out on non-league of course we all know that story so you had that unexpected element with Adams and I think that that will always kind of push you with you we didn't have the dominance necessarily but that 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 kind of elevates it um and then the three that you've just mentioned, I think, you know, the, the, the Yukanovich season, the second half there. I was looking at the table the other day. I mean, we had 29 points at 
uh, at Christmas and we got 60 points in our last 24 games. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So that one would be up there. And then you cap that with obviously actually being present at a Wembley final that we we, we won. So I think that's... Uh, and then Hodgson, yeah, I, you know, as, as, as you guys know, I did the vast majority of those games home and away and it was a, it was an incredible season. And, and, and Tigana. So, yeah, it, it, it probably... I'm I'm umming and R in between, so I think that Ad, Adams, Chigana, and 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 Hodgson, uh, Europa are the top three for me, and then it's kind of battling with Jukanovic for kind of position number four and five on 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 the list, and 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 actually, you know, just to mention having this conversation, it does does make you realise how you know, in a lot of ways, we've been quite spoiled because we're not even talking about Keegan in there, and got over a hundred points in that in the Keegan season, you know, and. Um, and, and broke records in, himself there, and there were some great, you know, days out in that season. So I think there's, the, the yeah, it, it, it's it's right up there in in the best, but it doesn't quite make that that right top of the echelon for for me for the reasons I've just given there. So I think Tristan makes a great point there, and and I, I was nodding along as he said it. I think the considering how good this team have been or how weak the division is, well, our dominance anyway. The fact that we only finished two points above Bournemouth in the end and they've finished so far below the great teams of this championship era, I think they've not done themselves justice in that sense. There's been a lot, a lot of games that we've thrown away, especially recently, like the last mm. 10 games, where they've taken their foot off the gas. And it's a shame because I think that um, they deserve to be up there um, on record with the very best, but they have broken records in their own right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. On paper, we're the champions, and and that's all all that counts. But yeah, I, I can understand why Trist, Trist, what Tristan's saying there. Why that would notch it down a touch, um, maybe give Tigana's team the edge. But nevertheless, it would still, I think, be my joint favourite because you know, I mean, how many times do you see? I I don't think I remember seeing Fulham win seven nil. I think we did possibly in the mid nineties. I uh, yeah, when I, I was young. But I, I, I had this discussion, it, and we've done we've done a hat trick of them. It's just absolutely yeah. Incredible. I I I had this discussion with someone coming out of the ground. Um, but we're, we're on after the Luton game, and I said, you know, like because I had my little boy with me, and I said, but you know, he's um, I'd, I'd until this season, I'd seen us win seven 0 once, and that was against against Swansea, and we. We've done in in the cup in in 96 and we've done it three times this season. So yeah, you, you're absolutely right, Dan. I mean, it's on that on that side of things, it's it's been astonishing the, the goal scoring and, and and some of the big wins. It's been I wouldn't I I've not seen anything like it in my lifetime. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I mean, you've made some fantastic points there. And Danny, I know you say about your kids, and they are the next generation of Fulham fans. And obviously, I think kids starting to support Fulham will understand the roller coaster of emotions that being a Fulham fan brings. I mean, my dad started taking me when I was young and I'm actually so grateful for it because, you know, you wouldn't get any of this supporting one of the so-called big teams. Um, a bad season is finishing fifth in the Premier League and we have all of these sorts of seasons. So um, I think for that, we can be grateful. Um, and talking of being grateful, we had some fantastic games this year, some fantastic results. But guys, at what point in this season did you know that we're up? And that was it. And it's sealed. We're definitely going to do it. I mean, I always thought we would. But, you know, there were certain games where you think it's coming soon. Um, Tristan, I'm going to go to you for this one. What's that game for you, mate? Um, it was a re- it was it was one of four that we that we had over the course of the season. Hard fault. One nil away games, but the, the, the one nil at Hull. Um, and I remember standing there thinking at the end of that game. Yeah, we're 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 winning this league. I I, th- I know that seems quite early, but they were just the sort of games that would derail us before. And you know that that, that it, it was a, it was a big game. We didn't particularly play well, and I think that was a bit of a theme in some of those one nils. We we had the same at Peterborough. We had the same at Cardiff. The same at Middlesbrough. You know, we didn't particularly we weren't we weren't certainly weren't dominant. We didn't play particularly well, but we were just a little bit clinical at the right time, and 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 we dug in. and And I think that that whole game, um, I think it was late, quite sort of mid late January. That was the that that was the one for me. Yeah, February the twelfth. 
hole. Oh, February. That, that was a that was a great game. I was at that one too. Um, I'm personally going to go quite a bit later. I'm going to say Middlesbrough. Now, I understand it was pretty close, but we weren't the best in that game, and Middlesbrough were by far better than us, I think. Um, and to get that goal, a really well worked free kick routine. Um, it was such a massive win. And I, you know, I cheered a lot at full time there, more than I have done for a lot of games this season. Um, Danny, would you say Borough as well, or would you potentially have a different uh, game that you'd say? We're almost a season apart. I feel like I, maybe I got a bit too ahead of myself because mine is like the second week of the season. Uh, we went to Huddersfield away. And obviously, we were three one out, and um, when Wilson gets sent off, he brings on Cavalera, and we got and end up winning five one. And and I think then I knew bloody hell, we're, we're, there's big gap between us and the rest here. And then and then we played Millwall away a few days later, and Millwall's normally a game that I pinpoint down as one that I have to go to uh, home and away because obviously where I'm from, it's like a game that's um, quite special to me. Uh, special to important to beat them anyway, and this season, uh, you know, I couldn't get the, the the time off work, so I managed to just get home in time to watch it on the TV. And I remember when we scored two early goals, and when Fabio scores the second goal, it's a really really well worked goal. I just start dancing around the, the living room, shouting, "Ah, oh, we're just too fucking good. We're just too good for you." Oh, and uh, the, the missus comes in and goes, "Who are you talking to?" And I was like, "Anyone that can listen, wants to listen, we're going up. We're just too good. We are just too good." And I've never felt that way about Fulham. I've never been arrogant or cocky, even through like the Europa League and that when we was our highest ever finishes and stuff. I've never felt like we were superior to anyone. It was like every win we got, we was a good team and it was a well hard-earned win. But this felt different to me. Even that early on, it felt like we were just, we we could be in second gear and just stroll past teams. Uh, And I think even then I knew we were going to go up as champions and had we not, it would have been seen as a failure to me because I think our, our squad was by far the best. And and I think everyone would agree that having having watched this season back. So yeah, second week of the season for me. Yes, fair enough. That Huddersfield game, uh, we did absolutely uh, smash them, didn't we? And we were fantastic. And I do kind of agree with you there. You could see that there was something special about this squad. Um, and talking of the squad, you know, we've had some fantastic players this year. And we always talk about Mitrovic, you know, the one who really stands out. But um. Danny, I'm going to come to you on this. Were there any players that surprised you this season? And by surprised you, I mean in a positive way. Was there someone you were like, I didn't realise they could perform to that level or they were that good um, and they've had a really good season but have kind of maybe gone under the radar? Oh, um, I think when you have a season like we've had, um, I think it's hard for someone to go under the radar if they've been that good. Uh, so they've all had their plaudits one way or the other. But I think the ones that surprised me that I wasn't expecting to play such big parts this year, um, Tim Ream um, played every single game. Uh, everyone writes him off. You know, and, and, and even I, I wasn't expecting him to start this this season. Um, uh, and it's not just on the pitch, because I think we all know that at this level, you know, on the ball, he, he's probably the best ball-playing centre-back in this division. Um, it was more the leadership on and off it. He seemed to take it upon himself to be that that Kevin McDonald um, and, and the way he interacted with the fans on social media and, you know, the way he was with Reese Porter. I mean, I know all the players were great with him, but he just took it upon himself to be that leader. And um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't just didn't see that coming. Uh, and for me, he was probably second behind Mitrovic for player of the season. Um, other than that, I mean, knee skins, I never never knew he had it in him to be that good. Uh, and I think for me, our season tailed off when that famous three who have their own song stopped playing together. He seems to not really be in the 11. Bobby Reed would play a lot, and we seem to lose our spark. Um, yeah, I, I would probably I would say those two and and Fabio because I d- didn't know what to expect from Fabio and he turned out to be a, a hell of a player. 
Um, I knew he, he was special, but I didn't realise he was going to play as key a role as he has. So between those three, but if I had to pick, I would probably say Cabano because I didn't, I just never saw that coming. That's absolutely fair enough, mate. Um, I'm going to agree with the first point about Tim Ream. I think he was fantastic this season and he did end up getting some well-deserved recognition. And unfortunately, it may be the last we've seen of him, uh, but he has been fantastic. Tristan, going to go to you. Any players that surprised you this season? Yeah, I could, to be honest, mate, I can't really. And, and, and actually, even to the point that the, the extra point that Danny made there about Cabano, I, I can't, I, I wouldn't have mentioned Carvalho necessarily, but yeah, absolutely, Ream and Cabano. And again, I'd say with that, you know, I mentioned the point that I didn't feel like we'd quite put our foot down on the division's throat as we could have done. And I think that started with what I've sort of said to other people as a as, as <laughs> Silver's weird fascination with 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 Reed on the left. I, I you, you know I think it, it all went sorry Reed Reed on the instead of Cabano and and I think that all went a little bit um we, we, we just didn't look as fluid and I think Cabano was a massive part of of, of the start of the season. So for he'd be probably the one if I was going to pick one for me. I think he's been outstanding. And we just I don't think we've seen him consistently enough like week in, week out before. I know he's been in fits and starts under other managers, but it's the first time it's ever really felt like he's had a proper run in the squad. And I just don't quite know why 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 Silver sort of flipped that around in the in the last third of the season. Yeah, I, I must admit, Cabano has been absolutely crucial, hasn't he? And um, he certainly brought something different to the squad in the crucial moments as well. Mm. And that did make a difference and it produced some big goals like Peterborough away with a fantastic cross. Um, that's one that will stand out for me. Um, anyone that disappointed you guys, was there someone that didn't quite live up to the expectations? Um, Tristan, I'm going to come to you again for this one. Uh, who would you say? Yeah, I, I don't, I think, you know, he was very, very dependable last time. And I think he, he made, I had the conversation, I had an argument with someone on Facebook about it who said he can't ever remember Rodak making a like a, a save that you wouldn't expect him to make. And I thought back to the last promotion season, there was an incredible one at Derby and another one at Swansea, which he had no right to make. So I disagreed with that. And I thought he would, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he got in the team of the season, didn't he, that, 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 that season. But he was certainly one of the best keepers in the league and I, I don't think he's looked anywhere near as secure this year and I don't know if that's his confidence has taken a little bit of a knock or whatever but he hasn't he hasn't seemed so secure so if I was going to be harsh I'd probably pick him I don't think there's anyone else that I would particularly say has disappointed me I'm I, there's players I'm not a hundred percent convinced on that I, I feel like their performances have kind of backed that view up but but no one who's who's kind of performed under what I'd expect really other than pot- potentially Rodak as I say and I, and I think it's a bit of a shame because there's a real big part of me that would like to see him get given a chance in in the Premier League and get a run and say he's deserved that but I think you look at for instance like the the, the Coventry game and stuff like that and you know, if he has any of that, teams are just going to target him. And I think it's 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 a bit of a shame for me. But yeah, he, he'd be the one. Yeah, fair enough. And as you say, he's definitely not been as secure this year. Um, For me personally, I'm going to say Nathaniel Chalabar. Now, we brought him in. You know, he got promoted with Watford last year, thinking he will be a crucial player. And he started off really well, from what I remember. I think his first game was at Birmingham away. And he had a fantastic game. And then after that, he just never really quite hit the heights. And um, Danny, would you would you say Chalabar or would you say someone else? I'm interested to hear your thoughts. No, I get what you're saying about Chalabar. I think it comes down to whether you expected him to be an integral part of the team or whether he was just coming in to be a squad player. I think he's played his part as a squad player. There's been games where he's... He's come on and he's uh, shored it up and we've, we've held on to a, a, a nice lead. Um, I think he's the kind of player that you bring on, you know, those, sounds a bit cliche, but those like uh, winter nights up north, you know, when you're grinding out a 1-0 win and you, and you need someone to come on for the last 20 minutes and battle. And, it, and he's that kind of player. Um, but whenever he started a game, particularly when he started Chalibur and Reed together, it felt, to me, that was... If I was in the, the opposition 
dressing room, I would have looked at the team sheet and, and that would have made me think, right, they're, you know, they're scared of us. Or they're, or they're, it would just, for me, it set the wrong tone, um, was a bit negative. And, and I always felt like when he was playing, we was in second, we never got out of second gear. So can understand what you're saying, but I don't think I, my expectations were high enough of him for me to be disappointed. This is going to be a bit controversial, but for me, at the start of the season, this player was one of the first on the team sheet, and I, I thought we had to build the team around him if we were lucky enough to keep him. And now I'm coming away wondering if he's even good enough for the Premier League, and that's Tossin. Um, I think he's been a good player uh, this year, but I think it's debatable whether he's been better than Ream. And we're all, I don't think any of us want Ream to play in the Premier League. So I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm in an hour in whether I feel comfortable or confident with tossing at the heart of our defence. Uh, and that's not to say he's had a bad season. I think he's had a good season. But I don't think he's looked as good as I thought he would, given this is a step down from the Premier League. I think he's I... looked... Go on. So no, I was just going to say I I honestly think with with Tozin and it is no disrespect to Reem at all, but I think he is a player that will look a lot better with a better centre back alongside. To, to be honest, I think sometimes you have centre back pairings where where you know Hangelen and Hughes where 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 one player kind of just complements and covers the other player's weaknesses, and I don't know that particularly Tozin and. And, and and Reem do that. And I think he looked a lot better alongside Anderson, for example. So I'm, I, I know what you mean. I think he's looked a, a bit shaky, especially in the back end of the season. But I do think that with a, with a you know, decent quality Premier League centre-back alongside him, he, he, he'll be fine in the Premier League. That, that, that's my view on it. But I can understand why you, 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 you sort of mentioned that in, in this segment. Yeah, but I, I, know, I get what you're saying, but you're kind of... I feel like you're kind of agreeing with the point I'm trying to make because what you're trying to say is that he looked better last year because Anderson made him a better player. Playing alongside a better centre-back made him a better player. Yeah. And and we haven't necessarily had that this year. So I'm, what I'm saying is, considering this is a level down from the Premier League, I thought he'd be able to stand up on his own right, on his own, and be a leader and, and be as good just because he's good rather than depending on who he's playing alongside. Um, because I don't think it I don't think it really alters Reem's game, who he's playing with. I think Reem's Reem. And it just, yeah, I mean, I'm not writing him off. I think we go into next season and he has to start tossing because there's, there's other areas that need addressing first. But I just, I expected him to be head and shoulders the best centre-back in this division. And based on what I've seen this season, I don't think he he is. Um, but yeah, you know, that's a little bit controversial. But um, that's that's what makes it an interesting. <laughs> reason. But then equally, mate, he did get voted into the team of the season. So I'll, I'll just throw that <laughs> into the division. Yeah, no, it is, and, and I thought but, that was a little bit harsh on Reem. But uh, you know, I think it's it's a controversial one. But um, yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, I, I, and I say that a little bit in jest because I did. I, I I'm still a little bit confused as to how Robinson got in there. So I, I'm I'm not being totally as that's as though that's the benchmark for everything, because it it's clearly not. What we've got to remember is that Tosin is still 24, yeah. and you know he's only just completed his second seat, second permanent season at the club. You know he was on loan at West Brom and Blackburn before. He's not really had a main run of games. You know. And he, I think he's had a good season. All right, he's made some mistakes, but who doesn't? Um, and there is a reason that he's in team of the season. And it's because he's had a brilliant season. And he will pick up that experience as he goes along. And I think with the right centre-back partner, he can be crucial next year. And, you know, he can contribute a lot to hopefully Fulham staying in the Premier League, which is what we all want to do. Um, but in terms of getting to the Premier League, we've had some fantastic matches this season. You know, some real ones to remember. Um, guys, What what's your favourite match this season? What has been the game that stands out to you and goes, that was unbelievable? Uh, Tristan, I'm going to come to you for this one. It's, t- it's really tough, to be honest. I think 
like the, the the one that was mentioned earlier, Huddersfield. We mentioned that on a on a previous podcast we did. It was you know brilliant, and I think really set the tone for the season and the the way Silver wanted to play, a kind of no fear and attacking. So I think that one would be up there. But just because I can't really stand them, um, I don't enjoy anything about them. <laughs> is I, you know, I I took particular pleasure in standing that that away end at Reading and and just that second half and everything that happened and and coming away from there seven nil that for me is going to take some beating. So although you know honourable mentions too again the, the the whole game I think was 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 a big one. I really enjoyed. There's been a couple at home as well, both wins against QPR. I, for, for for me that Reading one was was, was almost so bizarre. In, in how it unfolded and 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 even you know the the, the centre back trying to bully Mooney's and Mitro going over there and sorting him out and then Mooney's leaving the same centre back on his ass about thirty seconds later before he, he 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 effectively set up Mitro for the seventh. I mean there was just so many so many great moments in that game. So it'd be that 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 one for me I think just about but but so many contenders. And Danny, what about you? What's your uh, favourite match this season? Yeah, I'm I'm going to play it safe this time because I feel like I, I maybe went a bit too far with the tossing thing. To <laughs> um, completely take it out of context, context, I wasn't trying to say he's been rubbish. I just, um, I, yeah, I thought he was going to be a contender for player of the season. I don't think he is. Anyway, I'm going to go for Luton at home uh, because there's so many choices. Um, uh, it's impossible to pick. And I think... You know, be that being the finale, the game where we we were confirmed as champions, I just think the whole script was perfect. Um, records being broken by Mitro, scoring our hundredth goal, just everything about it was just perfect. And I think it it done justice to what has been an incredible season to do it in that style uh, in front of the home crowd. I think having the scarfs out was a, was a good idea. I think it added to the atmosphere and. Um, yeah, I, I just think it summed up the season. You wanted to know what this season has been about. Go and watch the Fulham-Luton game uh, because I think that tells you um, the story of, of what has been an incredible year. Yeah, you're not wrong, mate. We really have had some fantastic ones. I'm, I'm going to give my nomination. I'm going to go with something slightly different with Forest away because that was going to be a tough game. Steve Cooper had sort of just come in and they were on a bit of a you know, good run. He was starting to turn them around and we go and smash them 4-0 in their own backyard uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And it was just a fantastic day. Uh, Loads of people I knew were there. Uh, We played brilliant. I suppose we took our chances and we just really made them look silly. Um, So I'll go with that one. Right then, guys, I think it's a good time to talk about goal of the season. Now, there were certainly a few to pick from, 106 in total. Um, so you're forgiven for this being a hard choice. But uh, Tristan, I'm going to come to you. What would be your goal of the season? Um, I, so I'm going to do a couple of honourable mentions here as well. So I think from a technical point of view, I, I, I'm not sure you can massively beat the Williams volley at, at Swansea. That was I was right in line with that on the night. And I mean, it was just such a perfect hit. Um, you know, took it on his chest and bang, top corner. That was... Pretty impressive, I, I think. The, the the Mitrovic one, and and there was, I mean, so many in that game, and the the oppositions as well. But the Bristol City six two, I mean, every goal was outstanding in that. The, the Cabano one where he span and hit it, but Mitrovic's hat trick goal in that was just right out of the top draw, bent it into the top corner. Um, but but I think if I was if I was going to kind of come down to two um, to choose from. I, I, I mentioned it earlier. The Mitrovic header against Hull, I think, was was so underrated. Um, that, that that the game at the away game It's a great ball in from from, from Nico Williams. But but Mitrovic is one running away from goal with a defender goal side of him. And if you actually look at the goal there, where the keeper's positioning was, he had you, you know a very very small window to aim at, and he got it right in there. So I think that that one up there from a technical point of view, is massively underrated. But I, I, I'd go for the, the Mitro one against Luton. Just simply from the, 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 the seventh, just simply from the point of view that it's almost ridiculous how 
much a seventh goal in a 7-0 win was celebrated that night. And I don't think you'd be probably ever see that again. And obviously to break uh, a record that was, was was felt almost impossible to break. So I think for all the emotion and everything that came with it, probably that that Mitrovic goal. But if we were taking that away and just from a technical, uh, you know, brilliance of execution, then I'd probably have his, his, his header at Hull. Um, or, or Williams' volley at Swansea. So there you go. I'm sitting on the fence. I've given you a load of options, but I'll just about stick me, me, me flag in the sand with that in front against Luton. Yeah, I mean, you've given some fantastic goals there. And uh, whilst I do agree on some of them, I'd, I'd give an honourable mention, by the way, to Harry Wilson's goal against Blackburn, mainly for Tosin's mm. pass through. Um, and then the chip over the keeper and also the shithouse celebration. Uh, I think yeah. that's been one good thing this season is winding up the opposition fans. Um, I'm not sure we'll get much chance to do it next year, but it would be great if we do. Um, but I'm going to say the Mitrovic volley against QPR. I mean, the mm. ball over from Dennis Adoy was outstanding in itself. But for him to chest it down, basically away from goal, and then turn and shoot and get the power on it and the accuracy and just the way the ball ripples in there was just outstanding. And that just summed up how good this guy is. You know, he scored headers, right foot, left foot. He has everything, and that goal epitomises it. Um, Danny, what would you say would you would be your goal of the season? Has it already been mentioned, or have you got something different to uh, offer us here? be pretty unlucky if it's been mentioned. I mean, we scored 106 bloody goals, so I feel like there's no right or wrong answer here, is there? There's so many to choose from. It's ridiculous. Um I think Muniz at Stoke away. Obviously, Mitch Rowe wasn't playing that day. And um, I don't know if that was Muniz's first start, possibly. Um, but it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. Screamer, wasn't it? Just, it was just outside the box, just inside the box. Yeah, just Top inside. Corner. It was a yeah, really, really good goal. Um, I think that was. I think it was his second start, mate, because he started at home to Derby, Derby didn't he? The nil-nil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I wasn't sure what one come first. Um, and I mean, this one come early on as well. And he's a bit of a forgotten man because he, he, it was the only only match he scored in this season, Cavalero. But um, I think I think it was his first goal. He comes off the bench and, and Bobby Reed does an absolutely peach of a ball. Um, diagonal ball through, well, it's sort of like going um, towards the middle of the box. And the, the keeper comes out and uh, Cavalero just takes it perfectly in his stride and one touch and then dinks it over the keeper. Honestly, I'm not doing it justice. It was phenomenal. And and at the time, I remember saying that's going to be hard to beat this goal of the season. It was it was an unbelievable goal. Um, but we scored so many. Mm. And, and I feel like, you know, Mitch for scoring 43. I mean, how can he not win it? <laughs> you know, there must be one in there. I mean, the ones you've mentioned, of, uh, you know, all good goals. Um, I think you know Fabio scored one against in the Luton seven nil, uh, which again you know I think would have gone noticed un- unnoticed um, in the grand scheme of things because we scored so many, but it sort of like summed up this team. What? It was a phenomenal move. He wins the ball back yeah. on the halfway line, which shows you his work rate as well. He he was brilliant this year, not just on the ball but off it as well. And, 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 he and he's got. He scored another another really, really lovely goal against Bristol. The, the one at Bristol City at home when he carried it sort of half the length of the pitch and then just kind of, I mean, no backlift, just bent it around the keeper at the Putney end. I think that was the one that put us 3-2 up. But I think it was I think it was similar to what I'm talking about. He didn't mm. necessarily carry it all the way, but the finish was similar. He started mm. the move on the halfway line. It goes through three or four players. And by the end of it, Mitro's flicking it around the corner for into his run and he takes it in his path and, and in his stride and with no backlift at all, side foots it into the um the far corner. It's almost like he misses a step as he sort of like just does it in sync, right? There's no no pause to take the shot. He just takes it um mid stride and yeah. it was just a phenom- phenomenal and, technique. Yeah, and keepers so. get really shocked by that. The the other thing I'd say on all of this and just just to reference Matt's goal did the QPR one earlier and 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 actually you know similarities with the whole 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 goal in what I'm about to say but the one thing I really kind of noticed from a from a finishing point of view with Mitrovic this, this season is there's been you know several times where he scored a goal where 
the way he scored it has been kind of the only way he could have scored from that position. And I think that kind of intelligence and reading of the game, like like, like you said, Matt, he, he chested it down away from goal, which when you first see that in isolation, looks like a bit of a silly thing to do from the cross that came in. But actually, when you look at where everyone was in the box at that time, it was the only way he could create the space to then score the goal. And, and, and we've seen that from him you know, quite a few times this season where where, where, where he's kind of, he's, he's seen his bigger picture of it has been phenomenal. And I think that, that that's that been alongside that sort of dropping deep and passing the ball and stuff like that. It, it's been something that really seems to have come on this season and, and, and been a great part to his game. Absolutely, yeah. Tristan. And you make some very good points about Mitrovic there. And I suppose that brings me on nicely to the next topic, which is player of the season. Now, in my opinion... It can't go to anyone else other than Mitrovic. 43 goals. He's linked up play so well this season. And he's got, I think it's seven assists, isn't it? Um, seven or eight assists. He's been brilliant. So he would be my player of the season, probably by a mile. Um, Tristan, I'll come back to you. Do you agree with me or have you got someone else? Yeah, yeah. I, no, I think I think in, in reality, and if people are honest, if they vote for anyone else in player of the season. It's it's the footballing equivalent of a political vote because there's, there's there's no, I mean, you, you're right. He's all round game. And I read, you know, someone posted on Twitter and it's kind of, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's kind of almost difficult to disagree. And, and, and someone said, you know, Mitrovic is our best defender, midfielder and attacker. And it's, you know, his importance at defending set pieces. He's, you know, the way he links up play, the way he sprays the ball about. I did a little breakdown of one goal. It was the fifth goal at Reading, the Cabano goal. If you get the chance, anyone listening to this or you, or, or you guys that are doing the pod with me, I, have a look at that goal and the ball Mitrovic plays. That, that It's not actually the assisting ball. It's the ball that he slides through to Wilson for the assist. But the ball that he plays in that, in, in that move is unbelievable. And, and stuff like that. Again, I don't think people realised he had that in his locker. So, yeah, no, I, I, as I say, you can't, I don't think you can go anywhere else. And if you do, you're doing it because you kind of think, oh, well, Mitrovich is going to get all the votes anyway, so I might as well go for Ream. Or, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of players who, if you didn't have some absolute monster scoring 43 goals and, and doing everything he's done, would have been a very good shout for it. But you can't ignore everything he's done. So, yeah, Mit- Mitrovic all day long. Absolutely. And Danny, are you one of those people with a political vote for uh, player of the season or are you going to agree with Tristan and I? Well, I mean, you know, if, if Gazaniga only gets one vote, he only gets one vote, but um, someone's <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> no, look, I think um, how can I add anything to what Tristan's just said? You know, it, it has to be Mitrovic. Um, and it, even if he hadn't have improved his all-round game and got the assists and, and been important defending set pieces, linking up play, blah, blah, blah. The fact that he scored 43 goals is enough anyway. Record breaker, end of. But, but, but when you add in everything else he did, yeah. you're not just talking about a player of the season. You are possibly talking about the best individual contribution over a season in the history of the club. Mm. You know, he like consistently... He was unbelievable, you know, right up there with Louis Sahara in the Tagana year for me, um, Tagana promotion for me. Uh, I've, you know, I didn't know he was as good as on the ball as he as he has been. His link up play, his intelligence, like Tristan said. Um, so I'm confident of next year, and and all these people saying that he's not a Premier League player, he's not proven it in the Premier League. It's just, it's just bollocks. And and I really hope next year he has the team around him to give him the service he deserves. Because if he gets the right service and he's in the right environment, he will thrive. And and the reason he didn't score goals in the last camp, Premier League campaign was very little to do with how good he is. You know, let's be honest, it wasn't nothing to do with that. And yeah, I I, I can't wait for him to prove it wrong, prove everyone wrong. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And, you know, you've made some fantastic points there. And Mitrovic, obviously coming back to form, you know, he's been firing again. And the man who's got him to do that has been Marco Silva. Now, we look back to when we were managerless for, you know, I can't remember how long it was, a few days, a couple of weeks. Um, 
and there were names being thrown about. Who are we going to get in? And Marco's come in and he has been fantastic. And he's got Mitrovic firing again. He's got his confidence back. He's made him love the club again. He's made him feel loved. Tristan, did Marco Silva come in with a point to prove in English football? Obviously, he's had spells at Watford, Hull, Everton. Um, and obviously, the last one was Everton. It didn't quite work out. He got sacked when they were in the relegation zone. Did he have something to prove? I I, I, look, I think unless someone's a, a crazy success somewhere, I think they always have something to prove. And I think, you know, Silva, there were plaudits around what he did at Hull, even though he got, you know, they ended up getting relegated. I think his form there was 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 like mid-table, wasn't it? While, while he was there, he just took over an almost impossible job. He did very well at Watford and then not, not so well at Everton. So, yeah, I think he, he had a middling record in the top flight. And I think, you know, completely new to the championships, absolutely, you know, something to prove. Um, and, and I think it was a little bit of a hiding to nothing. I think we, you know, we sat there at the start of the season and said, you know, this is a team that should, that, that, that should be at the very least getting automatic promotion, but should probably be winning the title. And, you know, he seemed to identify the things that were important. And I think that, that, that the treatment of Mitrovic and, 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 and what he did there. And, uh, you, you know, there was a Mitrovic did an interview in the Serbian press a couple of months ago. And, that kind of how, how the manager's been with him, how he's kind of helped helped with his game, how he's worked on him, how he's get, but but more importantly, how he's just consistently shown that he believes in him and he's got confidence in him. I think has been very very big to Mitrovic, and there was a very very kind of telling quote in that where he said, you know, um, after the Scotland game, he 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 needed a arm round his shoulder or, or something to that effect and 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 instead he got dropped from from the first team immediately and kind of had the exact opposite and it really affected his confidence and 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 he's sort of had the the, the complete polar opposite of that this year and of course you know that 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 last minute winner in in Portugal for the national team so it's almost like the the whole circles come for, for for Mitrovic both at club and country and a lot of that has got to go down to silver and I think that's probably for me been one of if not his biggest achievements yeah absolutely and that feel good feeling around the club you can really feel it everyone's on a high right now as we go into the Premier League and I think you know that relationship he has with players is going to be really crucial going into next season um, Danny, I want to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, last season in the Premier League, we stuck with the same manager throughout the whole season, which is something the Khans haven't done before when we've been in the Premier League. Now, whilst we did get relegated, I do admire the fact that they stuck with him and they gave him a chance to get us out. Do you think that's crucial next season as well? And if the Khans do make a change... Are you willing to back it based on some of the appointments they've had in the Premier League before? Because we know they've had some shockers. Um, well, as much as I dislike Scott Parker as a manager, uh, especially the football he played, I feel like keeping him and, and sticking with him through the season gave us the best chance we'd had up until that point of staying up. And it, it was a better attempt than the season before where we chopped and changed managers. So I think sticking with a manager is, uh, providing it's not an absolute disaster, I think keeping faith and not panicking is quite important. Um, and, you know, even with Parker as bad as we was, breaking the record for least goals at home, etc., etc., we were well in it with 10 games to go. We beat Liverpool away at Anfield and it looked like we... we could easily have done it and then it just the last 10 games we fell off a cliff um so I would argue that they probably did make the right decision sticking with Park at that time and I hope they do that again I actually don't think Silver really can be judged on what he did with his team I think this team was the best team he took us up as champions which was uh, to be expected obviously no one saw the goals come in and the way, the manner of, in which we've done it. But I don't think anyone's going to give him too much credit for that outside of the club for too long. Um, 
He's not going to go on his CV and he'll go, yeah, I scored 106 goals with Fulham in the Championship. Oh, brilliant. You know, it's not going to get him a job in the Premier League. I think he's going to be now be judged on what he does next season. And if he keeps Fulham up, then point proven. But I don't think him losing jobs in the in the, uh, the Premier League, getting sacked by Everton, I don't think he's justified his his place by getting Fulham promoted. Because I think, you know, that, that's level down. Um, so, yeah, I think it comes down to what he does next year. And I'm fully behind him. I'm, I'm very confident. I think he's got a winning mentality. And I feel like we will turn those six-pointers where before we might have gone for a nil-nil draw, frightened to lose. We might go and win them now. And those little differences, those two extra points might be the difference. And and I think the Khans will back him because I think they, they've got full faith in him as well. And, and yeah. so they should. I'd, I'd I'd agree with everything you've said there, Dan. I, th- I think the only the, the 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 only thing that I'd also say is I, I I don't think he's been without his faults. This I think we mentioned it earlier. The you know the slightly weird chopping of 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 um, Cabano and, and bringing Dick over Reed into that position. It, it, it never really worked, and I actually think the the, the fullback behind him, whether it be Robinson and Brian or, or Brian. I think always looked always had a worse game with with Reed and so I think that was a bit of a weird one. I think considering the strength of squad we've got, I don't think he rotated anywhere near enough. And there's games that we drop points in where we just look really leggy. I, I remember the one at Preston when we just looked like we were running in treacle and the players looked out on their feet. I think there's been a few of those, especially when we've had three games in seven days where 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 he's played the majority of the same players, you know, you know, through all of those. And, and, and although we know he's not the best player in the world or the, or the couple of them I'll mention, the best players in the world, you can't tell me that the likes of Knockhart and Cavalero probably wouldn't have been good for, a, you know, a few more minutes than they've had this season. And the same with midfield. We mentioned Chalibur earlier could have probably been used a bit more. Same with the centre-backs, you know, Hector and stuff. So I think there's, there's definitely stuff that I'd look at with Silva that I would say... You know, I, I hope these aren't replicated issues and 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 kind of magnified because it's the Premier League and everything's a lot tougher. So I'm a little bit, I'd sit on the fence solely because of of, of those couple of things where where I think you know he's not quite been been perfect. But then no one is, and hopefully he'll have learned from that as well. A lot's going to depend on, as as you say, Dan, what money gets put in front of him and what players come in. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's he's going to have to prove he's a good manager next year in the Premier League. You know, that's where it will count. I think he, he has had a few flaws this year, and and they've maybe gone under the radar because the squad is so good, it's not really mattered. And next year it will matter. So that that will that will be the test of whether um, he is a good manager or not. But um, as of now, um. I I can't see any reason why you wouldn't back him. So, no, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, fully, fully, fully um, confident he'll do a good job next year. Absolutely, guys. I'm behind him as well. I believe in him, and it's important the owners are behind him. And I think there will be. In, and this is in terms of transfers because I know we're a few light. I think every Fulham fan knows that we're a few players light, and that we do need to improve. Um. It's going to be interesting to see how we do go about our transfer business. Obviously, you've seen the rumour mill going and the likes of Matic was linked today. Um, and we've been linked with goalkeepers as well. Ariola, Nick Pope, you know, this is over the course of the last few weeks. And we're supposed to sign Manor Solomon. Um, Tristan, how many signings do you think we need? And is there anyone who would potentially be on the move this summer? Who you think, yeah, I'd love to have them at Fulham next season? Um. Well, I think I think the first question really depends on the quality of the signings. I think what we don't want to do is 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 bring in another nine or ten squad players. I, I think we need four or five minimum players that are going to come in and 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 be first team regulars. Um, and then the players that have got us up or the players that are in the squad are the squad players. And I think that's kind of how certainly I'd go with it. Um, I think a lot of those. Players would would be in in defence. I think I think you could make an argument for Tete's a shame, man, because he's like made a glass. And if he wasn't, then I think we're fine at right back. 
Um, but but we certainly need at least some kind of cover there. I think left left back. I, I I'm not a massive fan of Robinson, and I don't think Silver's necessarily sold on Brian. So potentially, I'd I'd bring someone in there and try and offload one of the other two. Um, definitely at least one centre back, probably two. Um, and then midfield, I think you need one or two bodies in there. Wingers, if the Solomon signing is 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 definite and 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 happens. I've seen a bit of him and he's a player. He is a real player. And I think people are going to be surprised at how good a signing that is if he comes to the club. He's right. He's, he's, and I don't think he'll be at Fulham very long. I think he'll be at the club a couple of years. He's a very, very good player. Um, but yeah, a couple more in central midfield as 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 well. So I think that that that's what you'd be looking at really. Four, four five, six. For the first team. And actually, I don't think we need loads of squad because, as I say, I think we've got actually pretty much a squad full of squad players. Um, I think you've got the complications with with financial fair play, which means we're, we're going to struggle to offload. Certainly, you know, Knockhart and Cavalero are the two big ones, but um, that they, they might be difficult to, to shift unless they're out. They go out on loan. Um, so they might well be at the club. Um, I think, you know, I we talk about him and, and, and I don't, you certainly don't want him playing more than probably, you, you know, half a dozen games. But but as cover, I'd keep, I'd, I'd do an extension for Reem. I'd keep him at the club. I don't, I, I think he's a inexpensive way of having some dependable experience, quality around the squad. And we know he's not, you know, he's, he's not a, Premier League centre-back for a whole season. But I think absolutely as someone to come on and do a bit of a job and cover now and again and play some of those cup games, I'd, 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 I'd give him the extension. So I, th- I think there's there's a lot of work to do and and, and ultimately it's going to depend what, what goes out. Um, in terms of other players, uh, you, you know, I don't know if Matic really fits the profile. I wouldn't mind Ariola back that, that that you've mentioned. I did, of course. I and I was I was, you know, generally quite um, laughing at people that that even believe the rumor, but the the, the Milinkovic Savic one that popped up a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if we could get him, we'd have a you know one of the best midfielders in the world at at, at the club. But there's is no way he's going to come to Fulham, so um, I I wouldn't be too get too enthusiastic about that one but um yeah there's a there, there's a couple of other ones that are in and around as as well from a serbian point of view I th- you, you know philip stefanovic who's uh who's at man city um i did hear that that potentially people might 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 have a look at him might be alone um was was a rumor that i'd heard i don't know if there's any truth in that but that 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 would be an interesting one because he's very very rapid um, and one question, one question for you, Tristan. Yes, mate. one player I've always admired is Luka Jovic. I believe is at Real Madrid. Now, is he playing? Because I know he had a loan spell at Frankfurt. Yeah. Would that potentially be someone? You know, he wants wants a game time. Obviously, he's going to be back up to Mitrovic unless we start playing a different system. But is he someone that we could see on the move? And would you know would Mitrovic be able to potentially tempt him and some other Serbian players to the club? I, th- I, I, look, I think Mitrovic could tempt some Serbian players to the club. I think, especially now we're in the Premier League, I think Jovic has to move. I think he's he's in danger of wrecking his career. In answer to your question, he's, he's barely playing any minutes for Real Madrid and that's been the case throughout. So I, I don't think he, 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 need, he, he, at the very least, needs to go out alone. And actually, the profile of Fulham this year, it, it, it could be worth a shout. But I... I, I I still think he'd feel that he'd be punching slightly above us, and and I don't think he'd want to come somewhere where he's back up. Um, and yeah, I agree. I don't think we'd we'd, we'd switch to a two. I'd, I've never ever, and I, I, as you guys know, I've I've watched Mitrovic a lot longer than he's been at, at, at Fulham because of the Serbia connection. I've I can count the number of times he's played well in a two on on one hand. He, he just does. It's not a formation that suits him. So I don't. I, it's not. I, I think any any incoming striker would need to be someone who's happy to sit on the benches back up to Mitrovic and, and just provide maybe something a little bit different. Um, and I don't know that that, that, that Jovic is, is going to be that type of profile. He's a, he's a very talented young 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 lad, but he's not. I don't think he's, he's he, he would be um, someone who's. who's who, who we'd be looking at, really? I, I think I'd, he'd be taking up a lot of <laughs> of money and resource in the squad, and and, and probably not playing that much. And I, I suppose um, he's going to be competing for game time at the World Cup 
uh, in December as well. Yeah. So that's what he'll want. Um, Danny, so we're going to talk about expectations for next season. So Tristan's very nicely summed up, you know, what we probably need in the transfer market and some potential incomings. Danny, what's your head saying about where we're going to finish next season? And what's your heart saying? It, are they different? Are you confident next season? Do you think it's going to be a struggle? How are you feeling about it? And what are your expectations? Well, I suppose I compare it with the last two times we've gone up. And um, when we went up under um, Slav, despite how well we played and uh, the form we had um, winning at Wembley, um, we probably thought we was as good as Wolves. But in reality, Wolves were the best team in the league. I finished with 99 points and they were... I think ready made for the Premier League. Uh, I think they were they were, had the mentality where they were prepared for that promotion. And obviously they went they stayed up quite comfortably. Us and Cardiff went down. Then on, when we got promoted under Parker, us and West Brom went back down and it was like a 50-50 who was gonna finish second. I think it went down to the last game of the season as well. Um they pipped us in the end, but um uh, we won the playoffs and, and obviously Leeds were the best team in the league that season. They stayed up. So I'm hoping this time it will be our turn. You know, we are the best team. Hopefully we've got whoever the two go up with us, Bournemouth and whoever else. Hopefully that's two boxes ticked for relegation. And then we just got to be better than one other. I look at the way Brentford have played this year and, and 43 points, you know, incredible effort from, from them uh, in their first season. I see, you know, them do it. Why not us? Why can't we do that? I feel like we've had a lot longer this time to prepare for it. Um, you know, there's no excuses as far as I'm concerned this time, recruitment-wise. Um, and I think this time we will get it right. Even if we only just stay up, I think we'll be the right side of that dotted line come May next year. So, yeah, my prediction, I think yeah. we'll finish 17th. Not bad, mate, and that'll do. We'll take it. Tristan, what about you? Head, heart, where are you thinking we're going to finish next year? And obviously it does depend on the summer transfer window, but as yeah, of right that, now... That, that was what I was going to say, mate. I, I, I think it is really difficult to make that judgment. And, and, and actually, it's not just about the players that come in, but I've always made a big fuss about this timing of the transfers and, and they're, 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 there's this stat that... You know, under the Carnes, we've we've on average made our signings eleven days later than the rest of the the respective division. Um, I haven't actually updated the stat this year, but that was a, a, up until last last season. And 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 when you're looking at averages, eleven days is is huge. It's really really big. And I think you know, as much as I didn't ever rate Parker as a manager, you know, both him and Jukanovic started the Premier League seasons with their hands tied behind their backs because we were we, we were signing players too late. I think if we don't do that, and, you know, the the, the, the signs with Solomon, hopefully a, a, a positive that, that we're trying to do business early and obviously not having to negotiate the playoffs does give us more time. So I think if we can get players embedded in and, and, and the right players in the squad, I, I yeah, I can see... You, you know, 13th, 14th, I think is realistic. I think we've got a, a striker that's that, that, that could score 12 to 15 next season if if, if those players do come in. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd go around there. But if we end up, you know, with, with the majority of our incomings coming in in the last three or four days of the transfer window, then I think, you know, I'd probably change that to 18th and, and, and I'd say it's going to be very difficult to stay up again. Um, if if we're giving you you know the entire division a four or five game head start because we, we we haven't got the squad in place, so I think that that for me actually rather than the individual names that come in, I think is probably just as big a uh, 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 a deciding factor as to to what we're talking about. I mean, there'd be that would be the final straw for me if mm. if we was to um, get to the start of the season and we didn't have a squad that was ready to go. Yeah, that would, and then we went down as a result of it. Then I would lose complete faith in the current regime at the club. Well, there's no this time. There's no excuses. You can say last time they was dealing with COVID and there was a very short turnaround from the playoff final. 
um, to the next start of the season or, you know, the, the season before, the time before that, we, we went up at Wembley. Um, but this time, they've known, probably since January, yeah. that we were going to be going up. So if they leave it that late again, and we're unprepared going into that first game of the season, then for me, that's proper unprofessional and poor. And uh, there's uh, no excuses. Absolutely, mate. And it would just show that there's no, there's been no lessons learned from you know prior failures. And I think that 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 I'd I'd agree with you. I think it would I'd be quite despondent if that were the case. So I'm hoping it's very much not. And as I say, the Solomon signing. I think, you know, does suggest we might be looking at doing stuff a little bit earlier this season if that indeed does happen. But yeah, I, that, that's the one thing that I'm going to keep my eye on is 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 how um, quickly we get players into the club. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the season starting earlier as well because of the World Cup in December, I think it's even more crucial that we get that wrapped up. And talking of wrapping up, that is the end of the podcast this week and this season, folks. Thanks very much for listening. It really has been a season to remember. What a club that we support. We do love Fulham and I can't wait for it all again next year. Uh, Thanks to Danny and Tristan for joining me and be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your Fulham Focus fix, whether that's on Spotify, SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter, which is at Fulham underscore Focus. And on Instagram, we're at Fulham Focus. Also on Facebook too. Have a great summer, everyone. And we'll see you in the Premier League. Cheers. Fulham.